0: Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us today, she is an Olympian. She she swims for the Sandpipers of Nevada in Las Vegas, and she is 15 years old, right? Are you 16 yet?
1: Yeah, I'm 16.
0: She's 16 years old. Today, we're talking to Katie Grimes. How's it going, Katie?
1: Hey, Coleman. Thanks for having me.
0: for being here uh so question number one do you have your driver's license yet
1: i don't have my driver's license yet but i do have my permit so
0: okay nice how how is driving going
1: um it's going well i'm still trying to get used to it but um i have a car that is a 1976 fj40 so it's stick and so i'm just trying to get used to (laughs) driving that but it's not fast enough to go on the freeway. So I'm just taking like surface streets and stuff, but.
0: Sounds awesome. I'm looking. Oh my good God. I'm looking up your car right now. Cause I don't, I'm terrible with cars. So this is like a, a Jeep.
1: Uh Yeah, basically. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's or Jeep shaped at least yeah. <laughs> 1976. It's a stick. what do you think of driving stick
1: um it's it's definitely taught me a lot of patience because there's lots of different steps you have to do it's a lot different than an automatic car so I think it's important to learn how to drive stick um and I I enjoy doing it too it's something that my dad and I can kind of bond over with so I enjoy it yeah
0: that's really cool uh my first car was also from the 70s it was, yeah. <laughs> it was a little newer. It was a 79 mm-hmm. Chrysler LeBaron. Okay. It, would only, you a <laughs> it would only start about half the time. <clears throat> I couldn't take it on the highway either. So yeah. I, 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 I hear you there. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, and you are in your, so you're a sophomore in high school currently.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: How's your sophomore year going so far?
1: Um it's going good. Um uh, like balancing it with swim is sometimes challenging, but you know, as the school year's gotten on, it's got it's gotten easier so. Um just trying to stay on top of my classes and chemistry's kicking my butt, but I think I'm doing okay. Nice.
0: How have you <clears throat> or 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 in what situations have you had to balance school and swim this year so far?
1: Um, Well, I kind of got a late start because my uh, semester started while I was still in Tokyo. So when I got back home, I was pretty far behind and it was kind of a struggle to catch up, but um, I'm kind of used to that because sometimes we'll have meets during the school week and training trips that kind of get me a little bit far behind, but I always end up catching up. That's one of the nice things about being homeschooled is that I can kind of do school whenever I whenever I need
0: to, which is nice. That's, that sounds pretty convenient. Um, but also obviously it is a balancing act getting, getting school and swim (laughs) both done. Um, so you mentioned Tokyo, uh, and that's obviously one of the things I'd love to discuss with you today. Um, so let's take it back to, uh, to, to when the pandemic started in in March of 2020, were you gearing up for Olympic trials at that time? Were you, you were 14?
1: Um, Yes, I was 14 before trials got postponed. Um, I had already had my trial cuts before COVID started. So, uh, yes, we were gearing up for trials, but uh, I-, I never thought that I had a chance at making the team this go around so we were just you know normal training seasons training trips and getting ready for trials in 2020 yeah
0: um so once things got postponed did that throw a wrench in, in your swimming just those first few months how did you handle that were you doing i know a lot of teams did dry land zooms I don't know what Sandpiper's specific situation was with pool time or, or when you guys got to swim or how much you guys got to swim.
1: Yeah, it, it did kind of throw a wrench into our training. Um, a lot of our pools got closed and we had to go out and find different areas to train. Um, fortunately we had like me that we could go and do some water practices there. Um, some families that were kind enough to, open their backyard pools to us. We were able to go in and swim a couple laps there, but it was obviously very challenging to try and get in, you know, the amount of work we needed to do. Um, But, you know, it it ended up working out great.
0: Uh, Did did you feel uh, a significant shift from how much time you were out of the pool once you got back to normal training? Was it you know? Did you have the noodle arms, um, or were you able to stay pretty consistent, or at least stay in touch with the water during that period?
1: Um, when we go back to the usual training, I felt like I had done a good job over COVID of keeping intact with my training, um, but there definitely was some times where I struggled. Getting back into the groove of doing everything, Um, you know, like my muscles and and my growth had kind of messed me up during COVID, and I was trying to just catch back up to all that. Um, But you know, it took some time, and then I got back to where I needed to be.
0: Did you did you grow during the lockdown period at all?
1: I did. I I had a major growth spur, which kind of um, made it difficult for me to keep up with where I was supposed to be. Um, but you know, that's usual for my age and, and where I'm at. So
0: well, how, how many inches did you gain?
1: Um, probably like uh, two or three. I'm ten, I'm So right now.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty significant. Um, then as far as open water swims, you mentioned Lake Mead, how do you feel about open water generally i know ron is a big proponent of it and the sandpipers have a pretty big tradition of open water swimming what do you think of open water
1: i personally love open water i've been doing it for quite a few years now and i think it's a great break from pool swimming and some somewhere you can exercise strategy and swimming with different countries and all the things that you can do that you can't really do with landlines so I think it's like a fun break from, from what we usually do every day.
0: Nice. Uh, <laughs> you're braver than I am. Uh, do, does not being able to see the bottom bother you at all?
1: Um, yeah, it definitely does. Like, but you, you get used to it, you know, it takes a couple of laps, but um, some pools are, I mean, some lakes are worse than others. We've swim in oceans before you know, it just kind of depends. Like it freaks me out when we swim in the ocean because of like sharks and stuff, but I have to trust that the staff is like keeping a good watch on on the wildlife.
0: <laughs> Dude, seriously that, <clears throat> that's a little intense. Uh, how, do you have a favorite place you've ever done an open water swim?
1: Um you know, not really. I, I haven't gone to too many open waters um, on the national level, but uh, open water nationals are usually held in Florida or, um, you know, more more like a, in the Pacific. You know, it, it depends. I've only done one international open water and that was in Abu Dhabi. And that was definitely a whole lot different from doing it in the States. But, you know, just got to get used to it what
0: what was different about the open water in abu dhabi at the at the short course worlds
1: it was super strong salt water which i wasn't used to um it was a little bit warm which which was fine you know i got used to it but the competitors were a whole lot different than what i'm used to here but um, it's all just a learning period. And I think that's going to take some time for me to get used to those things, but I think I'm, I think I'm doing okay with it for right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, since we're on the topic, uh, you went to short course worlds, you swam open water, you got to swim a few individual events too. How do you feel mm-hmm. like that experience overall went for you? Um, you said the open water was you know, different than what you were used to. How about the pool competition?
1: Um, Abu Dhabi was definitely interesting uh, experience for me. Um, I didn't get to swim as much as I was expecting to, um, unfortunately, because of COVID and everything. But for the times that I did get to swim, I really enjoyed it. You know, that was only my second international competition that I've had before. And I had a blast and hopefully I can get another shot at showing what I can do on the international stage again. But unfortunately it got shut a little bit earlier than I was expecting it to, but it's okay. It's
0: kind of an interesting meet mm-hmm. for everyone, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately that ended early, but like you said, hopefully can, can get another shot at it one of these days. Um, okay. So, so going back to training through the, the global pandemic, um, when you got back to normal training with sandpipers, did you feel pretty different once you started to hit your stride? Did you feel like, oh, wow, this is going better than I expected it to? Um, yeah, so
1: I did feel like uh, what I had done over the pandemic definitely helped me feel better than what I, what could have happened. I feel like I was very fortunate to have the opportunities for training that I had during the pandemic. Cause I know a lot of people just got completely wiped out and, you know, we had a couple of places that were able to help us keep our training going. And I'm super fortunate for that. And, uh, when I got back to training, I felt I felt like I was pretty on track and, and um, was confident in what I had done.
0: And so when, when was your first meet after you got back to, to normal training?
1: Oh, geez. Um, uh, I think one of them that stands out to me is the tier pro series in January but I'm sure we had a couple before then, but that's one that comes to the top of my head.
0: Yeah. Tell me about that one. Why, what makes it stand out for you?
1: So that was in San Antonio and, you know, I, I was kind of far off my times at that meet, but I was super shocked with some of my other races and how they've progressed over, uh, the pandemic. And, um, it kind of made me excited to go back to training and and be able to focus on some of these different avenues that I had seen that I gotten a little bit better in. Um, but yeah, I think going to that meet after those couple long months, um, was definitely nice to get back into racing.
0: What, what specifically, <clears throat> sorry, what specifically do you feel like went well, or were those avenues where you could improve, um, in that that were shown to you in San Antonio?
1: Um, more of my 400 I am, um, kind of surprised me with how fast I had went or how much faster than my best time I had gone or close to it. Um, and so when I got back to training, I just kind of focused on that and came back to another pro series in March and had an even better swim. And so I was just kind of really pumped about the 400 I am, you know, leading into the rest of the year and into trials. Uh, so yeah, but it did take a while for my distance freestyle to catch back up to me after the pandemic. That's for sure.
0: Do you feel like that was just because, I mean, obviously for distance freestyle, you want to have that aerobic base and did it, Mm -hmm. do you feel like it just took a while to build that base back up for you?
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: And so you know, you, we get closer to trials and the meets continue to go well for you. Was there Mm -hmm. a point where you thought that you might do better than you had expected to when trials were going to be held in 2020?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think sadly, the pandemic causing the trials to be postponed was super beneficial to me. Uh, one, because it gave me more time to just grow into my body a little bit and get some more training under my belt. Um, but definitely, yes, I feel like I was in a way different spot in 2021 than I was in 2020.
0: Okay. And was there a time when you were like <clears throat> heading into the meet and who were you like, I think I can make the team? Uh, or did you have an, any expectation of trying to make a final, make the team, anything like that?
1: Um, I definitely did not think I was going to make the team, but I did have a discussion with my coach a few weeks prior to trials about the possibility of finally in the 400 I am and what I would need to do from that point on. Um, but not once did it really cross my mind that I actually had a shot. at making the team until about halfway through my, (laughs) (laughs) um,
0: so let's. I feel like you're, you, you are someone who had a kind of a roller coaster of an Olympic trials, um, mm-hmm. because you started off with that 400 IM and talking to Ron, at least, you know, I think you, like you said, that had improved as an event for you. You were kind of thinking, okay, maybe I can make a final in this. And then yeah. I, I don't remember what place you got. You didn't make the final. Um, mm-hmm. and so how do you, how do you feel like you were able to move on after that event?
1: Um, Yeah. So the 400 I am was definitely a struggle right on day one. Um, I didn't go best time. I didn't final. uh, And so that was super devastating for me. I kind of felt like all the work I had done leading up to that just went down the drain. Um, But, you know, thankfully my family was there, my coaches, my teammates, to pick me back up, kind of remind me that everything happens for a reason, and just got to keep trusting in the process, and try your best, and have fun with it, and so closer to the end of the meet, I have that mile, and that really surprised me, because I did a lot better than I was thinking I was going to do, and so I was like, hey, like, maybe I do have a shot, you know, maybe, maybe I just need to have fun with this, and just stay relaxed, and I really wanted to make the final in 800. And once I did that, I was just kind of like, okay, just leave it all in the water. You know, like, this is my last shot. This is my last race. What do I have to lose? You know? So, you know, everything happens for a reason. And if I had, if anything had happened differently, I don't think that I would have made the team.
0: Interesting. Uh, That's, that's some good, Insight. And when you had you ever had experience racing prelims and finals of distance races like the 800 or the mile?
1: Um, no, that was my
0: first time. Did Did you feel prepped? Did Ron, you know, give you any advice of like, okay, you know, uh, in the morning of day one, this is what you do, and then night day two when you swim the finals, this is what you do? Or had you done anything like that in practice to to prep?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, Coach John definitely set us up well with our training and gave us great advice of getting the rest that we needed after prelims and to get ready for finals, like coming to the pool, just doing like a 45 minute loosen up, um, to get ready for the next day, stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you, you didn't go in blind. You, you kind of knew no. what you were getting into. Um, <clears throat> and then can you take me through that 800, at trials. And, uh, you know, you mentioned you didn't think you would make the team until about halfway through that race.
1: Mm -hmm. So yeah, the 800, I remember being super, super nervous before, but I kind of just went into it with the mindset of taking advantage of what I had been given, which was a lane, even though it was lane eight, you know, it was a lane. So I just gave it my best. And I kind of felt like I was on an adrenaline rush the entire 800. I just felt like I was flying on top of the water. I felt the best I'd ever felt. And I just kind of went with it. And, you know, it's it's super crazy how close it was between me and Haley. But I really shocked myself because I was going up a field of really amazing swimmers. You know, every single girl in that heat was an impeccable swimmer. So I'm just incredibly thankful for, for how I swimmed.
0: Uh, and I mean, after, after the race was over, I know just being a spectator, being a member of the media at that meet, that was one of the most memorable moments I think is seeing you get to embrace your family, seeing your reaction. Can you take me through, you know, what, what went through your head after realizing that you did make the team?
1: Oh, I don't even think I realized it. Like it was just taking so long to set in. It still hasn't even set in, but it was such a shock seeing the two next to my name and just, like, being able to go up to my family and, like, have that moment with them was super special. I, I can't thank Katie enough for for everything she's done for me and being so awesome. And It's something I'll never forget.
0: And so uh, you make the team you get to be a part of team USA and uh can you tell me a little bit about training camp and what stood out to you there
1: um yeah so that was like the best couple weeks of my life was this training camp in Hawaii I had so much fun there and I was so fortunate to have Erica and Bella um just a little bit of familiar faces amongst all of this you know new stuff that I was experiencing and um it was like a great opportunity to meet all these amazing people. And I had made it a goal for myself to talk to everyone at least once because you know I can tend to be pretty shy. So I wanted to make sure that I kind of came out of my shell and talked to everybody. And so I did. And and I and I don't regret it because I made some really awesome friendships
0: who stood out to you? I I don't want you to like pick favorites or anything, but like, can you tell me about some of the conversations you had?
1: Um, well, it's funny cause I was just slipping through the journal that I kept throughout Hawaii and Tokyo because something that the veterans really stressed was making sure that we document, like even if it's just a little bit each day, um, they didn't want us to forget like all that we had done in and, and special moments, you know? So, I was kind of flipping through the journal the other day and just some funny things like that, that I wanted to write down in the book, like what I had talked about with Caleb or like Katie or, you know, anybody like Allison or some great advice that I was given or stuff like that.
0: That, that seems like great advice um, of, Mm -hmm. of documenting and journaling. Had you ever journaled or, you know, written like that before?
1: Um. So at home, I will write down what we do for practice, you know, how I felt, um, things that I could do better, that kind of stuff. So I try to keep a routine of doing that because I think it's really helpful to be able to go back and look at those things and like, see how I did this day when we when we did this practice or what I can do better next time we do this set, you know, those kind of things.
0: And do you feel like you know, through the camp itself, like at the time, do you feel like it was beneficial to have that reflection period of writing down, you know, parts of your day each day?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, totally. I think it was helpful and kind of like solidifying where I was, you know, like writing something down physically, it was just like, kind of helping me mentally accept where I was, what I was doing. And, and, um, you know, like, making the experience more uh, unforgettable so I can, so I could go back and look at these things. Like it just cracks me up, like what I would write down or, or the things that I just didn't forget, you know?
0: Can, can you give us any examples?
1: You no, know, just like conversations that I would have with people like over breakfast, like what Katie Liddick, his dream dog is which is an Airedale Terrier, which I learned, <laughs> or like talking about shoes with some people or like their favorite movies, things like that, you know?
0: Those are <laughs> those are the unforgettable Olympic moments <laughs> that, that I dream of, at least. That's great. <laughs> That's really fun. Um, so yeah, can you tell me a little bit about how the training itself went at training camp? I know I've talked to... I've talked to Ron and Erica and Bella at this point, and uh, I know I've asked them about the mile for time that took place one Saturday afternoon was, can you give me your thoughts on how that went for you?
1: Oh yeah. Um, That was actually a great practice. I think that was one of our best practices that we had there together. Um, I think we all went our best time, you know, in practice, practice best time. Um, but the practice itself was a little bit difficult, you know, just us three in the pool. But we had some of the staff come and like a couple of coaches, were, which were there to motivate us, which was super nice. And um, we just had fun with it. You know, we were just took advantage of the opportunity and we were, like motivating each other. And, you know, what a once in a lifetime opportunity. So <laughs> we just kind of had fun with it.
0: Were there any, <clears throat> were there any other workouts that stood out to you in your, during your time in Hawaii?
1: Um, so we do this set, which is eight fifties, I'm order, and then a four hundred nine for time. Uh, it can be anywhere from two rounds to five rounds. And sometimes we'll do a long course. Sometimes we'll do a short course. I know five rounds kind of sounds like a lot, but <laughs> two rounds is like my sweet spot. That's my favorite my favorite set um so yeah we did we did that one time in Hawaii and I, I remember that set because I don't know I just felt like really good after doing it and we did one round long course and then one round short course and I was super happy with both my times and it kind of like pumped me up and even though I wasn't racing the 400 at the Olympics it was just like a good reassurance of where I was at
0: yeah. Do you remember your 400 IM times?
1: Um, long course. I went on 452 short course. I went at 412.
0: That is stout. <clears throat> I would be happy with those times too. <laughs> um, so that, so it seemed like training camp went well, that's two weeks of your life. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, then you go to Tokyo, right. And you have, maybe five to seven days there, I think before the meet and then, and then the, the meet itself. Mm -hmm. Um, so how do you feel like that when, especially compared to Hawaii, which I'm guessing, you know, a little less pressure, little, you know, a little less stress. And then you get to getting to Tokyo, especially for you having to wait until, you know, pretty close to the end of the meet to, to get your swim in.
1: Yeah. Um, the days leading up to me starting was was kind of stressful, but really exciting at the same time. You know, like one by one, you start to see everybody go into their pre-race mode, just started to get a little bit more focused, a little bit more quiet. And, you know, it was, it was exciting to watch it. And I had a blast going up into the stands and cheering everyone on. Um, but, you know, a few days prior to my race, I kind of had to calm down all the the crowd cheering and start to focus on myself and get into my pre-race routine you know our, our pre-race practices and it kind of it kind of really stressed me out a little bit you know leading up to to my race just a lot of unknowns and a lot of a lot of pressure which I know was uh, inflicted by myself but you know it was something I just kind of embraced and and just looked on the positive side of things and just, uh, turned the nerves into excitement and had fun with it.
0: Do you have a set pre-race routine or pre-race practices leading up to a big race like that?
1: Um, yeah. So our second to last practice will be like 21 hundreds odds, pink time, evens, red time. Something like that, and then the practice before will be a two thousand IM, which is like hundred free. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It doesn't sound as bad as it does. So it's like a hundred free, and then a two hundred IM, hundred free two IM, hundred free two IM, hundred free, and then you go hundred IM, two hundred free, for a thousand.
0: Okay, uh, yeah. and is that like? do you descend that is it all fat like what's what's uh, or is just that just...
1: like just kind of like swim you know it's just nothing really fast just kind of loosen up I guess
0: okay um yeah. and so for the 2100s two days before mm-hmm. ink and red time for you being what
1: so long course it would be 111 109 okay and short course it would be uh 10158.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, nothing super strenuous. Uh do, how, how do you feel like that gets you in the zone or gets you prepped?
1: Um well it's something that we do before every meet. So it's like like a little bit of repetition and like knowing that doing this like it's kind of like, you know how, when you do something before a meet and you swim really good at that meet, then you're like, Oh, it was because I did this. Like, that's kind of how I feel about the 21s and the 2000 IM. It's just like, if I do this, I'll swim good at the meet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't failed yet. (laughs) Um, okay. So, so that's your pre-race practices. And then, uh, you get to race day. Do you have you know a pre-race routine that you go through an hour before, thirty minutes before, ten minutes before?
1: Uh, I mean, not really. I, I like to be pretty early behind my blocks and be prepared. I don't like to stress about like putting my cap on, getting my straps on, anything like that. So I'll get to the pool and and do my warm up. Um, after that, you know, I'll put my tech suit on and then. I'll start to dry off and then I'll put my, my caps on. And it was kind of surprising, like walking into the ready room. Cause I had my dump cap on, I had my straps on, I was ready to go. And then some girls walk in and they're like, hair's out and like their straps are down. I'm like, you're crazy. Like get ready.
0: What are you doing?
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> so aside from, aside from ready room, readiness. Mm -hmm. Um, had you ever been to a meet before where you, you had to be so independent? Um, I'm guessing, you know, you had to get to a bus at a certain time or to get to a shuttle Mm -hmm. at a certain time to get to the pool. And then once you're at the pool, you, you, you know, you have to do a lot of diff, a lot of stuff aside from just warming up, getting your suit on and and being ready to go. Right.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I've never had that amount of independence or uh, responsibility out of before of making sure I get to the bus at time, eating my breakfast at an appropriate hour, like how long it takes for me to walk from the village to the bus stop, you know, the, that kind of stuff. And um, thankfully, I had tons of people who have done that before, help me and help me figure it out. So uh, that was nice. At
0: that- seems, that seems good that, I mean, obviously the veterans are there to not only race, but, but to help the rookies. And so that seems like you were in good company, but yeah, that's, I would think that's a lot for any swimmer to manage, um, let alone someone who's never been to a meet like that before. So the 800 final, tell me Mm -hmm. about that. How did, uh, how do you feel about that overall?
1: So uh, that's that's uh, a lot. That That's kind of a hard question to answer. I mean, so many emotions. I mean, after my prelims, I was so pumped, so excited, and I just had to kind of, like, contain it all and focus because the job wasn't done, you know. And I'm one of those swimmers, I guess, where nothing can satisfy me, um, which I think is a double-edged sword when it comes to the sport, you know. You need to be able to pat yourself on the back and, you know, tell yourself that you did everything you could and you, you know, you did great, but it's also nice because it keeps you motivated. It keeps you hungry. And so when I qualified for the Olympics, I immediately thought, okay, what do I need to do to final? And then when I finaled, I was like, okay, what do I need to do to medal? Like, I never took that time to be like, okay nice job. You know, you made it, but instead I had to go right next to the next step. And, um, I think that kind of messed me up a little bit. And when, when I didn't do as good as I thought as I would in the finals, it really disappointed me. And that's something I just had to bounce back from and, and, uh, just look at where I was and be appreciative of that. And, you know, just thankful for Katie and she's just such an awesome teammate and such an awesome friend. And she kept me going and I'll never be able to thank her more.
0: So when did that bounce back period happen for you? Was it, was it minutes after that race? Was it days? Was it weeks after the race?
1: Uh, I'd say probably weeks. I mean, like it took a while, you know? Um, So I, I actually read, Elizabeth Basel's book, Silver Linings, and she talks about um, her race when she was 15 years old at the Olympics in the 400 IM, and she talks about how she got fourth. She's like, oh, talking about how disappointed she was in herself, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, why is she disappointed? Like, she did amazing. She got fourth at the Olympics. She's 15 years old. Like, she should be proud of herself, and I'm like, wait, you know, what am I doing? Like, I need to learn how to be proud of myself
0: too, you know? It's a great point. Um, so, I mean, I, I can imagine something like that would take time, but that's really cool that you were able to find a resource like that, (laughs) who about, um, someone who is in your exact same boat. Have you, have you talked to Beisel at all?
1: Um, I've always looked up to her, but I met her for the first time at Golden Goggles, which was super awesome because she like, she came up to me and she's like, Katie. And I'm like, you know who I am? Like, it just blew me away who she knew that I was. And I was like, what is happening right now? But she seems like a really awesome person. You know, she's super kind and I haven't really got to like talk to her before, but I hope I do one day. That's, (laughs)
0: That's, <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> um, she's de- absolutely one of my favorite people in swimming, um, so highly recommend that conversation. And I'm guessing you'll you'll get it uh, sooner rather than later. So coming coming back from the Olympics, um, <clears throat> can you tell me a little bit about your day to day now in terms of training with the Sandpipers and uh, how that's been. You know, since having this pretty monumental experience.
1: Um, yeah, so training is a little bit different now. Um, Erica's gone to Texas, obviously, and we've had a couple people move up into our group. We've had Claire Weinstein join us, um, which has been awesome. Um, so I mean, I'm constantly challenged in practice every day. You know, there's there's another person beating me every day. So I just gotta. I'm having fun with it. You know, like we, we keep each other motivated. We, you know, joke around with each other and push each other and it's a great team atmosphere. And, you know, yeah, I'm just thankful to have them.
0: I would think like, it's pretty surprising. I mean, obviously the sandpipers um, produced, you know, three Olympians, uh, two of which were are, are in high school, you and Bella. Um, mm-hmm. And then you, you throw Claire into that mix and then you throw, I'm guessing some of the more elite boys into the mix. And it's like, it seems like a pretty, uh, pretty rare training group for a club team. Um, what are, I'm curious as to what some of your favorite practices are that you do. And maybe it may be that some types of practices that, uh, that aren't your favorite. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, where do I begin? We do a lot of stuff. I mean, there's this one specific set that I really enjoy, but we haven't done it in a while. It's called Janet Evans. Um, so basically what it is, I don't know. If, I don't really know if it's like a, a thing outside of our club team, but it's basically five 200s am, And then you go into a 200 free for time and then four 200s am, and then a 400 free for time. Three 200s am, 600 free for time, two 200s am. 800 free for time. And then a 200 IM for time. you can do a long course or short course. I think it's like a super fun set to like challenge yourself with both with medley and with distance freestyle. So I enjoy that set. Um, you know, not, not a lot of the other kids in my group do, but. I, I
0: can't, I can't see why <laughs> it seems like the best set. Uh, <laughs> but that so that that sounds intense the jan Evans said i'll have to look into this i need to do some investigative journalism work to see if other other yeah. people do this <laughs> if it exists outside of sandpipers um have you had any competitions recently
1: um the last competition that i had was um, I mean that pro series in tennis Knoxville Knoxville got canceled, so we ended up last minute changing our roads, and we went to La Mirada uh, for just a little um, SoCal meet, and you know, it was nice. Uh,
0: what What did you think of your races that you had there?
1: Um. Well, I guess I kind of. Was happy with it because I had come off that quarantine that I was in in Abu Dhabi and um, I I had a couple of good races. It was right on my best times for most of them and went a couple best times than others and the meet was set up with short course in the morning, long course at night, um, which which is nice because that's not something we get to do very often. Um, but yeah, it was just a nice little meet.
0: Just a nice little meet. <laughs> yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, especially going best times. Do you mm-hmm. so training wise, or or I guess at meets, you know, do you swim events like the hundred free, hundred breast, hundred fly? Do you swim shorter events, or is it all distance oriented?
1: I also swim shorter events. Like my coach, he he put me in the fifty at this meet, or. You know, he'll put me in like the two free, which I enjoy, or the hundred back stuff like that. But it's very rare that I get to do the fifty free, so I take advantage of it when I can. <laughs> the,
0: the the fifty free, everyone's favorite. Do you have a favorite event?
1: Um, I mean, like obviously, I love the eight hundred. Uh, I I do like the four AM. Um, I like the two back a lot. Uh, the two free is exciting. I love the mile. Um, I do like sprinting. Like, I wish I was a lot better at it than I am because I think it's such a fun thing to do. It's also very fun to watch. Um, so that's something I'm trying to work on is is getting the sprinting going a little bit. But yeah. <laughs>
0: So it seems like your interests, uh, match your range, which is, you have a lot of them, um, which is nice. Uh, okay. So I, (laughs) one of my favorite things I've seen on social media recently is Michael Andrew asking for name suggestions for his new pet snake. And I think, and I think you gave him 50. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't count exactly, but it was a lot.
1: Yeah, it was a lot i mean i started off with one and then i was like i mean let's let's write this one too and then they just kept on rolling off the tongue (laughs) so i was like why not you know and and i did not expect when he was like scrolling through all the answers i was like one of the only people who was responding i feel like a lot of people would put in suggestions but you know it was like just me so (laughs) <laughs> and he ended up not even picking one of them. So I was like, that was a waste of time.
0: What did I even do this for? <laughs> um, <clears throat> that, I just thought that was really great. You, One interesting thing was that you didn't get an Instagram until after you made the Olympics, right? Yes. Was there a reason for that? For that? both you had the, why you hadn't had one prior to that and why you decided to get one after that.
1: Um, so I didn't get a phone until after I qualified for the team. Um, when I came home for like three or four days in between Omaha and Hawaii, I got a phone for the first time, which which was just like a big step for me because I've been putting that off for a while just because I don't want to get addicted to something like you see kids nowadays and they're just like on their phone all the time. And I didn't want that to be me. I didn't want to feel like I couldn't put something down. And so I just kind of like put that off until I was ready for it. And um, obviously after I made the team, like it was a necessity to get a phone. And so I was like, okay, let's get a phone. Let's take it baby steps. You know, I didn't want to get social media right away. I didn't want any of those distractions, you know, especially leading into Tokyo and Hawaii. So uh, I kind of waited until after I got home and I kind of, you know, looked back on everything and was able to uh, just kind of like accept everything that's happened. And, and then I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll start this social media thing. So I, so I got on an Instagram and Fortunately, Regan Smith and she helped me with that because I literally had no idea what I was doing. Um, So she helped me, you know, like make the profile and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I just I just try to keep good habits with it and make sure it's not in my room or the first thing I look at when I wake up or the first thing, you know, I look at after practice or last thing I look at before I go to bed. You know, I just try to keep good habits with it
0: you're my new hero, Katie Grimes. <clears throat> That's that, that is admirable for someone who lives in the era that we live in. I, I, I think, uh, d- because I have those same aspirations and they are often mm-hmm. not met. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard, right? So yeah. yeah how, yeah. how my follow-up was, was how are how do you feel like you're handling it now?
1: I feel like I'm handling it well, you know, I just try to keep like everything light. I mean, social media is no place for haters or any negativity. It should just be a happy place that people can go on and be nice to each other. You know, it doesn't need to be something that people get upset over or anything like that. So I don't, I don't let it affect me. Like, not that I've gotten anything like that, um, but you know, I, I just, I won't let that happen to me where, where it's something that I can't stop looking at.
0: That's a, I feel like sometimes that takes a pretty tremendous amount of discipline. So once again, I feel like that's admirable. Uh, also Katie Grimes with, with the hard hitting wisdoms. You hear that everyone, social media, happy place, no negativity, swim, mm-hmm. swim commenters. We're talking to you. <laughs> think happy <laughs> thoughts. I like it. I I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So what, uh, looking to the future, you know, I mean, you're on the U S national team now. Um, I'm guessing your goals for yourself may have changed a little bit since qualifying for that Olympic team, getting fourth at the Olympics. Um, what do you make of world this, what was supposed to be this spring's world championships getting postponed. Um, did you have a reaction to that or, or what are you thinking now for this spring and this summer for yourself?
1: Um, yeah, so worlds getting postponed was a little bit shocking, but then again, just trying to look at it, like the glass is half full, gives me another year to get better, some more training, um, But it does kind of throw a wrench into our training. Um, We had a couple training trips planned for this summer and spring that are kind of in the unknown now. We're not really sure what we're gonna do just because of the timing and all that stuff. Um, So our, our calendar is a little bit unsure right now. So we're just trying to take it day by day, focus on what we can control and not focus on anything else. Um, So, yeah, just trying to keep it day by day.
0: Do you have a a spring meet that you'll taper for at all or a short course meet?
1: Um, I don't believe so as of now. Uh, Maybe just a couple little meets here and there, but I don't think there's any taper
0: meets coming up. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.